this morning. We're so grateful to have all of our guests with us. Let's give all of our guests a great big hand clap of appreciation for being here today. God bless you. I want you to know that if you are here today as a guest, uh, we are honored that you are here with us. And, and this is the only time you'll come as a guest. Uh, after you come one time, we just, we just want you to be part of us. And so we're, we're thankful. We want you to feel like family and like friends. That's, that's who you are. And we thank you for being here this morning. Amen. And uh, we, we want the word of the Lord to minister to us. I, it's so good to see uh, Fianola Subramaniam is here this morning. This is Brother Runjib and Sister Carly's precious baby girl, just a little over a week old. Let's give the Lord some praise for that. Amen. Amen. And we're so thankful. And brother and sister Idola, we are looking forward to meeting our brand new member. Hallelujah. And sister Felicia is back home. And we're so thankful. Let's give the Idolas a great big hand. We're so thankful for what the Lord has done in their life. Amen. God is good. God is good. And uh, we're just so grateful for all that the Lord has done. And uh, we rejoice with those who rejoice. We are blessed, ladies and gentlemen. We are blessed. And we give God the praise. I want to turn your attention to the book of Judges in the sixth chapter. We're particularly happy to have with us the Frymeyer family and the rankings. And uh, we love them so very much. And, uh, of course, they are family, and uh, we love them and thank them for making the trek over here to Cincinnati. And uh, they are... Uh, they are a cousin to Sister Caitlin Kovach, and then they're cousins to me, too, and cousins to Sister Heidi Urshan. Don't ask me how all that works just yet. I have to let me preach and get my brain cleared, and then I'll tell you how all that works. And so we love them and are thankful uh, for them and are grateful that they are here today. Amen. From the book of Judges and the sixth chapter, we're going to read a few verses of Scripture this morning. And I believe that the Lord would like to minister to somebody very, very particularly. Verse 1 of Judges chapter 6. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. This was not uncommon. This happened every, every so often. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel. And because of the Midianites... The children of Israel made them the dens which are in the mountains and caves and strongholds. And so it was when Israel had sown that the Midianites came up and the Amalekites and the children of the east, even they came up against them. And they encamped against them. And they destroyed the increase of the earth till thou come unto Gaza and left no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor ass, for they came up with their cattle and their tents, and they came as grasshoppers for multitude. For both they and their camels were without number, and they entered into the land to destroy it. And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. Verse number 11. And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, which was in Ophrah, that pertained unto Joash the Abia's right. And his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. I want you to notice that. 
he was threshing wheat by the winepress because he was trying to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might. And thou, you, you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. My Lord, have mercy. I feel like there's somebody here this morning who who just feels like everything you try to develop and everything that you try to gain as increase is destroyed of the enemy. Somebody that feels like they can't get ahead. They take one step forward and two steps back. And I believe the Lord wants to give you a word this morning and strengthen you in the word of God. In Jesus' name. Preaching this morning on the subject, wheat by the winepress wheat by the wine press heavenly father we come to you in your precious name the name of jesus christ and we ask in your name that you would move upon us as we look into your word as we hear your word i pray lord in jesus name that that you would bring comfort and peace that you would strengthen and encourage let the light of your word illuminate in our soul and in our mind and in our hearts God, we thank you. We ask for a divine anointing in the precious name of Jesus. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Oh, say it again, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Jesus once said in the 12th chapter of the gospel according to John, that concerning his life, concerning how that his life would be taken from the earth, he would be betrayed, he would be turned over into the hands of the enemy, and he was letting his disciples know that that this was necessary. And he he gave a unique principle in describing this happening he said that except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die it abideth alone except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die it abideth alone but if it die it bringeth forth much fruit he was speaking of his of his own body but he was also speaking of of us and the challenges that we face in this life it is a truth he went on to explain he that loveth his life shall lose it but he that understands that this life is all about preparation for eternal life shall gain his or her life he was letting us know that the important thing 
is that, that we understand there is going to come a time and there will come a time in each of our lives and it may come more than once where we have to allow ourselves to fall into the ground and die. I, of course, am not only speaking of a natural death. I'm speaking of, of a spiritual a spiritual death. There has to come a, a time in our lives where, where we allow our ambition to, to die, where we allow our agenda to die, where we allow our preferences, where we allow our motives, all of the things that have to do with our flesh and our fleshly appetites. We have to let those things fall into the ground and die so that we can actually bring forth much fruit. Many people are trying to, many people are trying to continue on with their own agenda even while allowing God to fulfill his purpose in their life. God's purpose and your agenda cannot coexist. It's either going to be his purpose or it's going to be your purpose. And let me tell you something, you don't want to surrender to your purpose. There is a way that seems right unto a man. There is a path that seems like it's the right path to walk, but the end thereof is death and destruction. But, but ladies and gentlemen, there is a way, hallelujah, called holiness, a highway. And, 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 and the ransomed of the Lord shall walk upon that highway. It's, it's a highway. Somebody said they are to the left. Somebody else said they are to the right. Somebody said they're to the middle of the road. The highway I'm talking about isn't to the left. It's not to the right. It's not down the middle of the road. It's, it's a highway. It's above the plane upon which you naturally walk. It is the Lord's way. He, in fact, is the way, the truth, and the life. So you have to make up in your mind that you're going to stop walking down the path you have chosen for yourself. Now, now, many times God will give us an indication of what he wants for our lives. He did this for Joseph. And let Joseph know, look, I'm going to show you in a dream, I'm going to show you the future. And here's the future. He showed him being exalted above his brethren. Now, Joseph was a dreamer of dreams. But it took some trials in life to transform him from a dreamer of dreams to an interpreter of dreams. And God will deepen you through the trials in your life. God will establish you through the trials in your life. As a matter of fact, trials in life are so important that the apostle Peter said, Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial. James said, count it all joy. It's important that you go through certain trials in life. As unpleasant as it may be, it is important that you go through the trials of life. It is the trial of life that, that edges off all of those unseemly and uncomely and ungodly edges that, that you have grown so familiar with and it's a trial of life that will shave the arrogance off of you it's the trial of life that will remove ignorance from you it is the trial of life that will chisel selfishness out of you as a person and will 
create in you a closeness to the Lord Jesus Christ. So count it all joy. Think it not strange. There's going to be some trials in life. Joseph had a picture of what he was going to become, but he had no idea how it was going to happen. And he really was off base when he considered exactly how this would happen. Nobody knows exactly how it will happen. What we do know is that the Lord is going to make us like him. What we do know is he's going to give us victory over death, hell, and the grave. What we do know is he's going to exalt us in his majesty. What we do know is he has a place prepared for us that where he is, there we may be also. What we don't know is exactly everything that's going to happen to bring us into that beautiful, beautiful position of life and eternal life at that. But I will tell you, there's going to be some things come your way you don't necessarily expect. As a matter of fact, I'm preaching to some people this morning that are going through things right now that you didn't expect to have to deal with. You're going through things. You don't remember ordering this off of Amazon. You don't remember dialing this up and wishing this. That You've checked your Christmas list. This is nowhere on it. This isn't what I wanted. This isn't what I signed up for. This isn't what I asked God to do in my life. And yet here I am in a set of very unfortunate circumstances. And this is where we find Gideon in a set of very difficult and unfortunate circumstances. The Bible says that the Midianites were impoverishing the children of Israel. Israel had this habit every time that the Lord would deliver them from one enemy, that deliverer that delivered them would live a little while. And as long as that deliverer was alive, Israel was worshiping God, serving God, doing what was right. But as soon as that deliverer died, Israel would backslide and go back into an ungodly bondage. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you and I have to understand our relationship with God is deeper than any personality. Our God is deeper than any prophet or deliverer or preacher. Our walk with God has to be deeper than any patriarch or matriarch in our family. Our walk with God has to be about our personal relationship with Almighty God. Regardless of who's alive or who's not alive. Regardless of who's serving him or who's not serving him. Listen, you may love the person next to you, but if they stop serving God tomorrow, you have to still serve the Lord. (laughs) Hallelujah. Come on, it doesn't matter who says, all right, I'm done serving God. I'm going to quit and throw in the towel. Don't you ever throw in the towel. Don't you ever quit. If we walk back into this house next Sunday morning and nobody shows up to give God glory, you give God glory. This isn't about whether or not it's popular opinion. This isn't about whether or not somebody around us is in agreement with us. It's about he's worthy, he's holy, and he deserves my life. Oh no, he doesn't just get my praise. He gets my obedience. He gets my devotion. He gets my consecration. And Israel would backslide. And so that's what happened. They backslid and they ended up 
in bondage to the Midianites. And the Midianites were so cruel to the Israelites. And, and the Bible says that they would, they would actually watch and wait for harvest time to come. And when harvest time would come, the Midianites would come in like, like grasshoppers for a multitude. And would come to reap the harvest that the children of Israel had worked so hard to develop. And so here they had this, this harvest that was, that was coming. And they were the ones who plowed the field. And they were the ones who broke up the fallow ground. And they were the ones who waited and wondered and prayed for rain to fall. And they were the ones who cultivated this field. And all of a sudden, right about the time that harvest is coming and the wheat will come forth, here came the Midianites. And they would watch for any time that the children of Israel began to prepare for the harvest. And I'm preaching to some folks that feel that way this morning. You feel like you've worked hard, you've developed, you've broken up fallow ground, and you're ready now for a harvest, and the enemy is coming in like a flood. The enemy comes in with great force and begins to do away with the harvest you were expecting. And you're not sure what to do about that, what to think about that. You feel greatly impoverished. That's where Israel was, greatly impoverished by the enemy, by the Midianites. And the scripture says that, that there was a man by the name of Gideon. Now you and I know Gideon is a great warrior in the scriptures. If you never heard his story, he's amazing. Okay, he, does, he actually overcame the army of the Midianites. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just uh, give you a little spoiler, all right? Okay, this is how this whole thing ends up. Gideon is, is facing one of the great war machines of his day. The Midianites have conquered the Israelites and have them in their grip. Gideon goes out to wage war with them with 300 men in the hillside. And he has a pitcher of fire and he's got a sword. And then he, he cracks the pitcher of fire to where the, the clay just shatters and there's nothing but a great flame of fire in the hillside and there's 300 guys with a flame of fire in their hand and they shout to the top of their lungs the sword of the Lord and the sword of Gideon and all of the Midianites ran for fear and Gideon chased them down he chased every last one of them down, went after their generals, and he won the battle, won the war. That's how Gideon ends up. He ends up one of the great heroes of the scripture, one of the great deliverers of the word of God. But that's not how we find him in Judges chapter 6. See, how we end up is never how we begin. I don't know where you're beginning today, but it is not indicative of how you're going to end up. Oh, hallelujah. You may look at your circumstances and think, he's going to have to preach to somebody else today because this thing is a mess. I don't know how I'm going to get my stuff together. I'm tore up from the floor up. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't even know what today is. I thought this was Thursday and I'm at church on Sunday morning and, and, and you just you, you don't even know which way is which way you're going or which way you're coming that may be where you are now but you're getting ready to have an encounter with the Lord of glory God is getting ready to step into your circumstances and turn hallelujah turn your situation around 
Do you believe he can do it? Do you believe he can do it? Do you believe he's going to do it? Come on, somebody. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Hallelujah. The Bible says that the angel of the Lord found Gideon threshing wheat by the wine press. Now, we don't do a whole lot of wheat threshing in 2017. So that may seem a little bit like a foreign concept to us. But it is really strange to find somebody threshing wheat down by a wine press. And I'm going to explain to you why. First of all, it's important to know that Gideon was determined to thresh this wheat. They're impoverished by the Midianites and they need this wheat. They need a harvest. They can't get a harvest because every time they try to get a harvest, the Midianites come in and take what they've worked so hard to develop. But he said, we have to have wheat. We have to have wheat. This is what gave them their bread. This is what gave them their peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. They have to have wheat. And so he's trying desperately to thresh this wheat. Listen, wheat is the symbol of spiritual maturity. The Lord used it as an object lesson, a visual, to make us understand that in the latter day, that God is going to set everybody up all the sheep and all the goats and he's going to separate the sheep from the goats you don't want to be a goat who's stubborn and butts up his head against everything you want to be a sheep who's obedient and surrendered to the will of God he's also going to take everybody and he likened them to wheat and tares and he's going to separate the wheat from the tares the wheat look like tares and the tares look like wheat you know the real difference is that the wheat has a heavy kernel and that when harvest time comes the wheat will bow it's really interesting the wheat will bow as harvest time comes as that weight of that kernel begins to weigh it down the tear is different it doesn't have any substance to it so when it's supposed to be bowing it just simply won't it stands defiant listen listen you better bow to the king of all kings I don't care how proud you are you need to let that pride be sacrificed in the altar you say I don't bow to anybody I agree you don't need to bow to any man but you better bow to the Lord of glory and if you don't do it now when you've got a chance, you'll do it later when it's too late because every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. You hear what I'm preaching to you? I'm sorry. I gave up on pride a long time ago. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you in my life. The difference between wheat and tear is that the wheat is surrendered to the Lord. And Gideon is down there trying to thresh wheat. It's not, it's not even practical to thresh wheat by a wine press. You have to understand, anybody ever heard of a threshing floor? Okay, a threshing floor. There's a reason why there's a particularly designated place called a threshing floor. The threshing floor is always strategically located Upon a high plateau in a mountain, they take the wheat and they lay the wheat down across the threshing floor. It's high up on a flat surface in the mountains. And they take their teams of oxen and they stomp the wheat 
the long stalks of wheat they run them back and forth over the wheat and the oxen stomp the wheat back and forth back and forth back and forth they run them this way and run them that way run them this way run them that way and they stomp that wheat until that grain is broken up off of the stalk and then they take all the grain that they have had removed from the stalk and they throw it into the air now this process of threshing is called winnowing they throw the wheat up into the air. Now, there's a reason that they have to be up on a high mountain, on a high plateau, on a flat surface, because the winds that come from off of the ocean will, will catch that, that grain as it's thrown into the air. And when that wind hits that grain, it will drive the chaff away. And the good heavy kernel of grain will come back down to the ground. And they throw that wheat into the air. And, and the chaff is driven away. And the good grain comes back to the ground. And they throw that back into the air. And that meaningless, useless, worthless chaff is driven away. But the good grain comes back to the ground. It's important that you thresh wheat on a threshing floor. It has wind up on the threshing floor. It's a flat surface on the threshing floor. It's high up. The power of the wind comes in contact with that good grain. Those are the ideal circumstances. But Israel is in a position where they can't do that because every time they go up to a high place, every time they go up to a plateau, Midian, the armies of Midian have got telescopes, binoculars, drones flying around. Watching for when Israel brings their stalks of wheat and their teams of oxen to the threshing floor. And every time that they begin to prepare to harvest their wheat, the armies of Midian are dispatched. And the harvest is stolen. Happens time after time after time. For seven years, Israel has lost one harvest after another. And there's somebody here this morning that knows what it feels like to lose one harvest after another. Just when you think it's about to turn around, the enemy comes in and changes everything. Just when you think you're about to get your big break, just when you think God's going to change the circumstances, here comes some enemy me some adversary listen don't forget why the thief comes the theme comes not for any other reason but for to steal to kill and to destroy you just when you think you're about to have some peace he steals your peace just when you think you're about to have some joy he steals your joy just when you think you're about to have some hope he steals your hope but Gideon said I'm tired of losing one harvest after another I need a threshing floor but I don't have access to a threshing floor. I need a flat surface, but I don't have access to a flat surface. I need heavy winds, but I don't feel any winds blowing in my life. So he said, I'm going to have to go someplace and thresh this wheat. He went down to the most unthinkable of all places, a wine press. Ain't nobody threshing wheat down by the wine press. 
The wine press is just that. It's, it's down, tucked away into the vineyards. And, 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 and it's a place of brokenness. It's, it's a place where the, where the grape is pressed and, and, and where the wine comes forth. This, this is not a place where you thresh wheat. There's no flat surface down by a wine press. There's no beautiful breeze down by a wine press. There are no circumstances that lend themselves to wheat being threshed by the wine press. And yet here he is, walking his oxen back and forth across the stalks of wheat on a place where everybody would call him crazy. Why in the world would you even believe for a harvest down by a wine press? Why would you even believe that God would turn something around? You're doing the unthinkable. You're doing the unimaginable. People are going to look at you call you crazy. You might as well give up on it this year. Nothing good is going to happen this year. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know what circumstances you're facing, how ideal or how unideal they are, but don't you give up on the harvest of God. Don't you stop believing that the Lord has got provision for you. Come on somebody. You might be down by a wine press where nothing good ever happens down here but you keep serving God. You keep being faithful to God. It reminds me of Zacharias who was the father of John the Baptist. The Bible says that he was a priest and the order of his, his priesthood was that he would walk into the temple of the Lord and he would offer incense unto God. That incense that he offered unto God is significant of our praise unto the Lord. That was his job as a priest to offer incense unto the Lord. Offer praise unto the Lord. Here's the problem though with Zacharias. Zacharias. Zacharias had a nagging, unanswered prayer in the back of his mind. He and his wife had believed for years that God was going to give them a baby, and God had never given them a baby. Now they were old and stricken in years, and were far beyond the season where any fruit could come from her womb. And Zacharias, under normal circumstances, would have said, you can have this priesthood. I trusted God and he didn't come through. You can have this incense. I believed for a harvest and God didn't come through. But that wasn't Zacharias's attitude. He kept walking in every day. Every day, every day, every day. Every week. Every week, every week, every week. Every month. Every month, every month, every month. And offering praise, praise, praise unto the Lord. I'm preaching to somebody who's got an unanswered prayer that's been weighing on your mind for decades. In the name of Jesus, praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Don't stop praising him. Woo, glory to God. Come on, I know it doesn't seem like anything's changed. Doesn't seem like anything good is happening. You know what that means? It's time for you to not quit, but to lift up your hands and praise the Lord. It's not time for you to backslide. It's time to lift up your hands and praise the Lord. Let me tell you what the scripture says. I will bless the Lord at all times. That means good times. That means bad times. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise. 
shall continually be, continually be in my mouth. And so he just kept praising God, kept offering incense unto the Lord until one day the angel of the Lord appeared unto him. I mean, in fact, it was so literally unbelievable that he didn't believe it. The angel said, God's going to give you a son. And Zacharias was like, oh, you're out of your mind. And right then the Lord snapped his mouth shut. Said, for nine months, you're not going to be able to talk. Because I don't want all that unbelief being spoken over the miracle I'm bringing into your life. Because I'm going to do it and you're going to be quiet. I'm going to do it, and you're, I'm shutting the doubt down. I'm shutting the fear down. I'm shutting the unbelief down because I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to bring it forth into your life. And the moment that Zacharias stopped trying to disagree with God, and then he agreed with God. Once he began to agree with God, the Lord opened his mouth. It happened because everybody was trying to name the baby Zacharias Jr. And he was like, Mm-mm. 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 They said, what are you trying to say? He said, his name is supposed to be John. He wrote it down, John. We would have had Zacharias the Baptist if the Lord had not. That just wouldn't have worked at all. Hallelujah. You just got to keep on, keep on worshiping. Keep on praising him. Come on, keep on going to the house of God. Keep on loving him. Keep on serving him. Keep on offering incense. I know it's not ideal. I know you didn't expect this in your life. I know you didn't expect Gideon to be down by a wine press. And Gideon had his questions. The angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon like the angel of the Lord appeared to Zacharias. And the angel of the Lord said to him, Gideon, Now, I love this. You mighty man of valor. And Gideon's like, is there another Gideon around here I don't know about? I think you got the wrong Gideon. He said, no, 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 Gideon. You mighty man of valor. See, God sees you for what he's about to make you. The devil sees you for what you used to be. The devil sees you according to all the mistakes you've made. He sees you as the worst version of yourself. And that's who he tells you that you are. But God sees you as that mighty man of valor. That holy woman of virtue. And that's who the Lord speaks to and calls that out in you. So you got to decide who you're going to believe. Let me ask you the age-old question. Whose report will you believe? I've decided it only matters to me what the Lord says about me. Because let me tell you something. There are going to be people in your life, they have to choose what they believe about you also. They have to choose. Are they going to believe what the enemy says about you? That you'll always be the mistake you made? That you'll always be this problem that you had? Will you always be this struggle that you once struggled with? You'll always be? Are they going to believe that about you? 
Are you going to believe that about them? Or are we going to believe what God says about all? He says I'm free. He says I'm healed. He says I'm holy. He says I'm pure. He says I'm redeemed. He says I'm delivered. He says I'm going to make it. He said I'm going to make it. He says I'm going to make it. Gideon, you mighty man of valor. Well, if I'm so mighty and if the Lord is with us, then where are all his miracles that he promised us? Where? Where are all his miracles? See, he had questions. It's all right if you have questions. Okay? But, 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 but don't, don't just have questions and then come up with your own conclusions. If you've got a question, that's all right. But you need to go to where you can find the answer. See, some people claim to have questions when actually what they do is have statements. I find myself doing this sometimes. I'll text. It happens in my text messages. I'll be texting something, and I'll be asking for something, and I'll put a period at the end of it. And I realize I'm actually not asking, I'm telling trying to be nice I'm asking would you mind grabbing me a something or other period that's the way a lot of people's questions are it's not a question it's a declaration have real questions have honest questions have legitimate questions have the toughest questions there are Jesus asked the toughest question anybody ever asked my God my God why hast thou forsaken me There's never been a more brutal question asked than that. But I'll tell you what, when he asked it, he was nailed to a cross. If you're going to ask a question, ask it as close to the cross as you can possibly be. Hallelujah. If God is with us, then why are we in this situation? If God is for us, then why has all this befallen us? And where are the miracles? And the Lord looked at Gideon and said... I'm with you. I am with you. I surely will be with you. Go in this thy might. I love that statement. Go in this thy might. What was Gideon's might? Because Gideon didn't, in his mind, he didn't have any might. He said it this way. He said, um, my family is the poorest family in my tribe. And I am the least in the poorest family there is. You literally could not have scraped further at the bottom of the barrel to find somebody than what you did when you found me. I have nothing. And God said, oh yeah, you do. Because you're down here by a wine press threshing wheat when you know you can't even get any wheat down here by a wine press. You're, you're, you're down here stomping on stalks of wheat when everybody else knows there's no sense in trying anymore. You're down here throwing grain up into the air and there's no wind to even hit the grain. Everybody, everybody everywhere thinks you're crazy. But I think you have faith. You know what? Keep on trying. Keep on trying. I don't care what says to stop trying. Keep trying. Keep going. God is still God. The Midianites have not changed that. He's still God. He has all power. He is mighty. Oh, I 
feel the Holy Ghost. I'm coming against an imagination in your mind right now. Casting down that imagination. You've allowed an imagination to be erected in your spirit to make you think it's hopeless and helpless. And I come against it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to tell you it's not over. It's not hopeless. Thresh that wheat down by the wine press. Thresh that wheat down by the wine press. Keep going to church. Keep being faithful. Keep praising. Keep praying. It's not time to backslide. You know, sometimes we get this attitude. God, if you don't do it, then I'm not going to trust you. You better do it. I had a good preacher friend tell me just this week at the general conference. I don't know if he's preached it or made it public, so I won't tell you who it was. If I find out from him that he's been talking about it, and that's okay for me too, I'll tell you who it was. But for now, I don't know if he's preached or talked about it. So he just told me this. He said, I was praying to God. He found out one of his very dear loved ones had a severe sickness. Nigh unto death. That was not okay with him. And he said that he was praying one day. He was showing God why God should move on his behalf. And the Lord spoke to him and said, take the threat out of your prayers. You don't even know it's in there, but it's in there. The threat of, if you don't do it. The threat of, I may have to, I may have to reconsider some things if you don't move. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. I wonder if you can give him a praise that says whether he does it or not. Let me, t- let, me just, let, me just, let me just tell you something. Let me tell you why I praise the Lord. I praise the Lord because he saved me. That's why I praise the Lord. Now, if he heals me, then thank you, Jesus. If he brings me out of every little snag I get into, thank you, Jesus. If he pulls me out of every challenge I get into, thank you, Jesus. But I praise him because he saved my soul. If I go through something for the rest of my life, but I'm saved, glory to God. You hear what I'm saying? If he allows me to suffer until I die, thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. Uh, Gideon, Gideon, I know there's no wind, but throw the wheat anyway. I know there's no breeze. No, you don't feel the presence of God. But keep on praying. Keep on fasting. I know it doesn't look like anybody in your family is going to be saved, but you keep on praying. Keep on fasting. I know the symptoms are still raging in your body, but keep on praising him. Keep on being faithful. Don't stop. Don't stop, Gideon. Don't stop. You're the hope of Israel. 
I'm going to tell you something. I'm saved today because there were saints of God in my world who refused to turn their back on God. They had so many opportunities to say these circumstances are not ideal. These circumstances are too hard. And they could have turned their back on God. But oh, I'm glad. I'm so, so glad that they kept being faithful. That they kept worshiping. That they kept praising God. Threshing wheat down by the wine press of disease. Threshing wheat down by the wine press of difficulty. Threshing wheat down by the wine press of long suffering. Threshing wheat. I refuse to surrender what God is doing in my life just because my adversary has come in like a flood. Do you hear me? You can't have my harvest. I'll take this wheat down by the wine press. You can have every enemy scouting, scoping, looking out for me. You can have the enemy to have me targeted in his sights. But I refuse to let the enemy have what God has begun in my life. Come on, you can put me down by any wine press you want to put me, but I'm still a praiser. I'm still a worshiper. I still pray. I still believe. Hallelujah. David, David became king. And the scripture says that the Philistines had the ark of God. David said, we're getting that ark back. So they went into Philistia, took that ark. And they're bringing it back to Israel. And the Bible says that they put the ark on a new cart. And this ark is on a new cart. It's, on, it's not carried like it normally was carried, like God instructed for it to be carried. He said it was to be born on the shoulders of the priest. The staves were to be placed into the ark's ark, and the, the priests were to carry the ark of God. But now it's on a new cart. Whatever. We're just trying to get it from point A to point B. They put it on a new cart. They put it on... The shoulders of the oxen. The oxen are carrying the cart. And the Bible says that as the oxen are carrying the cart, they come to a place called Nashon's threshing floor. And the Bible says that the oxen shook the cart. And the cart almost tipped over. The ark of God almost went spilling out on the ground. Uzzah was so, he felt this was the worst thing that could ever happen. So he was going to put forth his hand and steady the ark of the covenant. And you don't touch the ark of the covenant. It is covered with the glory of God. And the glory of God is too much for mortal man. 
And Yuza started thinking differently of God and differently of himself. And he reached out and he grabbed that Ark of the Covenant. And when he did, he died. Brother Tenney said the Ark was not Yuza friendly. Glory. I always wondered what, what, what made the ark shake like that. But it's clear in the scriptures. The oxen did it. The oxen shook the cart. I thought, why did the oxen shake the cart? The scriptures are clear. Because they were on a threshing floor. And they know what you do when you get to a threshing floor. But there's no wheat on the threshing floor. No need to do it. Doesn't matter. I'm on a threshing floor. Doesn't matter if there's any wheat here to stomp or not. Those creatures of habit walked up onto that threshing floor. And when they came to that flat surface, nobody had laid any stalks of wheat out in front of them. Nobody had made the circumstances just ideal and perfect. It wasn't even time in people's logic for there to be a threshing of wheat. But those big creatures of habit lifted up one big shoulder and stomped the ground. And lifted up a big hip bone and stomped the ground. Lifted up the other big shoulder and stomped the ground. Lifted up the other shoulder and stomped the ground. They stomped the ground all across the threshing floor until they shook the glory of God. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, it's time some of you get into a habit of praising God. But I don't see any reason to praise him. It's not laid out in front of me of why I should praise him anyway. Praise him anyway. Stomp that wheat. Stop that wing. children aren't saved yet. Praise him anyway. But my grandchildren aren't saved yet. Praise him anyway. Come on somebody. Stomp that wheat. Stomp that wheat. Stomp that wheat. Go ahead, go ahead, praise him, praise him. Some of you are waiting for the music to start before you praise him. Praise him without the music. Dance without the beat of a drum. Shout without the thump of a bass. somebody down by a wine press to step out of their seat and say I'm going to praise God right here I'm going to praise God right now
Hallelujah. 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 Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Be delivered in the name of Jesus. Be delivered right now in the name of Jesus. Yes, the chains are broken. Yes, the chains are broken. Go ahead and praise it. Go ahead and magnify the Lord of glory. Go ahead and magnify the Lord of glory. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. That's it. Praise Him. Come on, I want somebody else to come right now that says whether I feel a heavenly breeze from heaven blowing in my life or not, I'm going to lift my hands and lift my voice and I'm going to give God the glory in the name of Jesus. I need somebody who's under attack right now from the enemy of your soul to come forward and say, my God is great and greatly to be praised. My God is great and greatly to be praised. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Yes, that's the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Ghost. Yes, that's the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Ghost working. That's the Holy Ghost moving. That's the Holy Ghost moving. That's the Holy Ghost moving. Hallelujah. That's the Holy Ghost moving in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Go ahead, press in. Press in. Hallelujah, press in in the name of Jesus. That's it. Press into what the Lord is doing. Press into what the Lord is doing. How you do He's ready to come back. Yeah. What's your name, man? David. David, nice to meet you, David. God bless you. I'm so honored you're here. Thank you. Is this your first time here? For this church, yeah. Okay, awesome. Yeah. And welcome. Yeah. Honored to have you. Mind if I pray with you? Sure. I'm going to just pray with you. And, and if you feel led, I want you to feel free to just give the Lord everything right now. Just say, God, I turn my heart from anything that's And I give you all of my heart and all of my soul. Forgive me of my sins. If that's in your heart to do that, I want you to pray. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for David right now. God, that you administer to him in Jesus' name. Lord, he feels your presence. He feels the closeness of your spirit. Minister to him right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for what you're doing in his life. I can tell, Lord, you're working in his life. I can tell, Lord, that you're moving, operating in his spirit. Lord, lead him and guide him right now in the name of Jesus. Strengthen him. Lord, I pray that you bless him in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord God, I thank you for your goodness to David. In your name, Lord, let your spirit be made known to him, God, in a deeper way than he's ever known before. In the name of Jesus. I thank you, God. I praise you, God. That's it, David. Just go ahead and love him. Just go ahead and praise him. Lord, I love you. Lord, I thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's it. That's it. Thank you, precious Jesus. Thank you, precious Jesus. That's it. Let the Lord minister to you right now. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, there's somebody nearby you right now that can need, can use prayer. I want you just to reach over to somebody and just pray for them right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it, that's it. The Lord has a deliverance for us here in this house. The Lord's healing things right now in this house. He's healing people. He's healing hearts. 
He's healing relationships. He has seen you. He has seen you in your circumstances. He has observed your faithfulness. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Hallelujah. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He sees you. He sees your obedience. He sees your service to Him. Go ahead. Go ahead. Call on to Him. Call on Him. Call on Him. He will answer prayer. Hallelujah. He will hear your cry. Go ahead. In the name of Jesus, He will hear your cry. He will hear your cry. He is the Lord God who loves you. He is the Lord God that heals you. He is the Lord God who saves us from the uttermost. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, let him do a work in your life. Let him do a work in your spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to his holy name. Glory to his holy name. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord God. Blessed be the name of the Lord God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Glory to his name. Yes, Lord. I praise you, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, precious Jesus. Thank you, precious Jesus. Oh, we praise your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, blessed be the name. Yes, blessed be the name. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name. Oh, blessed be the name. Yes, blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, blessed be the name. Oh, blessed be the name. Yes, blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, blessed be the name. Oh, blessed be the name. Yes, blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, blessed be the name. Oh, yes, blessed be the name. 
Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, blessed be the name. Oh, yes, blessed be the name. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord.